Imagine having the life of your dreams. Not temporary cash and glory, but happiness and inner peace. Explore new ways to be a creator and take your own journey into greatness. Is it possible? What does it take to make that happen? It takes the person known for extreme results. He's called the cage breaker and the ultimate catalyst. Coming back from the brink of death and now crushing it for himself and his clients, this is your Ultimate Life Podcast with Kellen Flukiger. Hello and welcome to your Ultimate Life, the podcast dedicated to helping you create life without limits. Magnify your creativity, make the impact you want, and turn it into a business. Grateful to have a special guest, uh, David Shemetsky. David, welcome to the show. Thanks so much. I, I really appreciate it. We've got to know each other a while, and I'm looking forward to today. Yeah, you've as we chatted, you reminded me it was clear back in March, so now it's been uh, several months. Uh, your episode will go live. Uh, your episode 821, I think I said. Yeah, yes, and did. so yeah, that's exactly. wonderful. And uh, you know, when I started this a long time ago, I never thought I never thought about getting to that kind of number. So it won't be very long before I'm to a thousand, and that'll be fun. So. I love to talk to people that are about um, intentionally creating life, like life occurs to us like it does. So I'm going to ask a kind of a weird question, and I want you to just wax a little poetic. Uh, What does David do to add good to the world? You know, David does good just by showing up. Uh, And, and, you know, that's that's just easy. And it's an easy answer. But what I do even more so is I mentor people. I help them get their story out. And, you know, we all just need to show up and, and talk about what, what we do. And what I and how I do that is through showing people their own resources uh, within themselves, how to get past some certain challenges that they might have occurred or figuring out how to get their first book out or even a chapter in a book. What is, why is it so, I agree with you and I love that. And, you know, you know, I help people write books to do some of the same things too. And that's wonderful. Why do you think it's so important to help people find their own resources? What is important about that? As I agree with you, but tell me your perspective. I think some of our, our stresses in life uh, really do come up because we're not using our right resources. I know from my personal experience, I'm sharing with you that about four years ago, you know, exactly, uh, I wasn't using my resources. I was dealing with a lot of family stresses. I was dealing a lot with career stresses. Being an entrepreneur, there's the ever constant stresses of, you know, clients and things like that. And I wasn't using my resources. And uh, I got this disease that everybody, that we all often get. It's called ICTA disease. I know that already. And that's, yeah, I know it. Don't worry. I could deal with it. And that's what I thought I did because I wasn't using my resources to create a balanced life. I wasn't using my resources to say, hey, I'm being present, but I'm feeling a little stressed. How can I manage that better? I just was doing because that's some of what our society really talks about. And that nearly killed me. That disease nearly killed me because it set up, there's a lot of things outside of my control that I couldn't uh, manage, but you still have to just manage the weight of those decisions and things like that. And when you're not doing that right and you're not using your right resources, that's where 
the trouble gets to all of us. That's where we yell at the wrong people, we vent at the wrong things. And that's the problem by using that. I know that already. I know I should have not spoken to that person this way. But it's the doing part, right? Life is part of the doing part, not just the knowing part. And that was what I was, yeah. I love that. It is certainly doing and not knowing. What do you suppose there is? Because like a baby, a youngster isn't born knowing that already or even thinking that they know that already. What is it about, and I don't even, I won't say the world, I will say our Western civilization. What is it about, what is it about the world that we live in right now that makes us think it's, it's, we need to know that already. Like, why, why are we doing that? Well, I, I think really some of it is truly because as human beings, I have to know it or we feel uncomfortable. That if you ask me a question, so, you know, you and I didn't exchange questions. And so some people might be very anxious about that. And I'm like, all right, whatever. I'm an open book. But the same goes for us. So even as a child, we trust in our parents. We trust in whoever our caregivers are. We trust. And that's how we learn and build everything upon that. And if we don't learn that trust properly, if we don't learn those lessons properly as young children, we carry that along with us. We carry those limiting beliefs within us. And having those limiting beliefs or the uh, not knowing, right? A lot of times, you know, if you explain to the people, and I've been guilty of this, is, hey, the stuff I didn't know, I didn't know. Uh, and even though it might have been very obvious to somebody else, but if I didn't know it, I didn't know it. And sometimes you get hit it. And that's where life sometimes becomes overbearing. You know, my situation when I tried to kill myself, you know, my dad had just passed away in April of the year before. I had just moved my mom down to Texas due to a lot of situations because that's where my sister lives. Not we weren't kicking mom uh, as far away from us. You know, it. And it was just a lot of weight stuff. I was getting, I was having challenges with the, my, my kids who were teenagers, you know, as parents, as a parent. Job was just not fulfilling. The career, the, the entrepreneurship wasn't a, a going the way that I was hoping it for. So all those things are triggers and you're, you're working hard. And if you don't take care of yourself, again, like a marathon run, runner, you don't just run as fast as you can. You have to pace yourself, you know, depending on the, the upgrills in, in life, the up, uphill parts, as well as the, the, the downslopes. And if you don't take those moments in life, that's where the trouble really becomes. And I, I think that's where we all get caught up in, in, in society's beliefs that we got to run a, a million miles an hour no matter what. If you're not working, you're, you're, you're unsuccessful versus taking those steps to know what your resources are and how it feels for you and I, and I might be different. We might go through the same exact experiences, but we, it feels different for each one of us. And acknowledging that, I think that's where the best thing that we can learn is what our self-regulation really is. So that's a fabulous point. And it's no, there's no question. I mean, two people can look at the very same incident and see exactly different, way different things. You mentioned there sort of glibly you passed over a G when I, you know, thought about committing suicide or, or perhaps you actually attempted. I don't remember what you said. I, I did attempt, yeah. Attempting, attempting to end your life. 
So that's a that's a big deal. Like that is getting to a place where you, me, anyone sees no way out. And either we just give up or we really conclude that everybody else would be better off if we're not there. So I want you to talk a little bit more about two things because I want people to be able to relate to this. What were the stresses that brought you to a place where you either thought, I can't do this, or my loved ones, people, kids, they'd be better off without me. I'm interested in that. And then after that, what was the the trigger or the turning point that said, maybe I shouldn't do that, or I'm grateful it didn't work? Yeah, let me start off by I'm, I'm very grateful that I didn't work. And uh, okay. I've learned so much about that. I, you know, one of the things in the first few weeks of that happening, I was once asked the magic question, do you love yourself? And that hit me like a brick of wall, you know, a, a ton of bricks and, or running into a brick wall, you know, and I was like, wow. And at that point I, I, I did cry. I, I couldn't think, even think of what do you mean? Do I love myself? And once I had a pause, enough of a pause, I knew the answer at that time was no. And you no, know, you probably alone, thought, no, I hate myself. What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> yeah. So I, I, well, I, you know, I, I had never thought of that. Nobody had asked me that question. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, I don't, I didn't think that that was an important question. You know, like, I don't care. You know, I love my, my wife. I love my kids. I love my, this, um, that's enough. But I didn't know how important loving myself was really important. And uh, so to go back to that situation, as I know you had asked, you know, my dad had died the year before and I didn't have mm-hmm. a very good relationship with my dad, but I was the main caregiver at the end. And I got to say everything that needed to be said. I mean, the, the last words on this planet when he was alive, when he was breathing, uh, were, I love you. And he nodded, you know, even though he was verbal, but um, but he nodded, you know, we, he wasn't, he was only communicative generally in a, less good way but uh so i know i was able to do that and uh so going through going through that then shortly thereafter my mother got sick uh by choices that she made by herself though i then i needed to move her so anybody who's lost a parent or had to make some light you know i wanted to after taking care of my dad as being the the, the primary caregiver i wanted a break you know uh, being a caregiver not only of your children, as teenage, I had teenage girls at that time. It's a lot, right? Mm-hmm. And we all, we all know that. And then taking care of a parent, it's a lot, especially if you're not taking care of yourself. That's why when I talk to people or work with people, I, I hear that, you know, oh, I'm taking care of my mom and it's, you know, it's really hard and we've never had a good relationship. And I go, take care of yourself during this. And a lot of people have that stone wall. There's no time for that. I'm like, no, no, you need to make time for that. We need to make time even if it's that three minutes that we're sitting on that porcelain bowl, you got to unpack as much as we can in, in our lives. So among that, then I, you know, I was, I was struggling in a marriage that I thought was going well, but my wife thought a little le- it was going less good for her. And, you know, so there's lots of little pieces that added on. And then when the floor dropped out, I was like, I'm out. They all want 
they all say I'm the problem. I'm I'm the I'm not the solution. And even though I knew how to so get, find solutions for others, I was like, I'm done. You know, it was a bad business decision. Decision. I was like, they could have my life insurance, and boom. That being said, I went in and I wrote fifty letters the day that I went to try to kill myself to try to explain from my point of view why I was doing this. And it wasn't anybody's fault. It wasn't my wife's fault. It wasn't like because of bad marriage. It wasn't because it wasn't any of those things. For me, I can't explain for other people. But I was explaining them with a from love, so I, I I go through it. I will not discuss how I went through the process of the actual act. No, that's fine. Like, no, of course not. Yeah, I don't want anybody. You know, um, no. but during that process, I was told I had I heard a voice. I don't. It was somebody who identified as a grandpa Mike, and I don't have a grandpa Mike. Uh, and well, I guess I do. I guess I I do now. You do now, right? I, I do now for sure. Now I for sure now. And uh, he said, nope, it's not your time. Get your ass back and, and you, you need to speak about mental wellness. You, you got to do that for so many reasons, but it's not your time. There's still work for you to do. And I, I came out of it and I tried it again. I wasn't listening. I'm stubborn. And needless to say, I was unsuccessful in the different way that I tried. And at one point, I'm like, okay, something that I'm not good at is <laughs> killing myself. Which right. Is, again, I'm glad. Gratefully. I right. Uncle yeah. Uncle Mike is grateful and so is everyone else. So good. And so I said, OK, now what do you do, Dave? You got to get the right help. Make sure that I went back into therapy for the initial stages. And, you know, initially they give you medicine. And I was like, I don't want medicine. And, you know, you should always make those type of decisions with a mental health professional. Uh, and I was like, okay, so what do I do? How do I rebuild a life that I didn't want at that time? It wasn't that I didn't want my kids. It wasn't that I didn't want all these other things. It was really just about, I was hurting so badly. I didn't want to hurt anybody else and not seeing the bigger picture. And since then, you know, I've been successful. I, I knew what to do. And now as part of my life routine, I make sure I take care of David at some point. Uh, twice a week, I go to acupuncture. I do a bunch of other things that really make it work well for me uh, to make sure I balance. And I, I'm much more aware of my attitude, uh, how it, things feel. And when people ask me, hey, Dave, how are you feeling? I'll tell them the truth. And sometimes they don't expect the answer. You know, No, no, that's just kind of a make conversation noise usually. Yeah. And, and, you know, like at the beginning, people were like, how you doing? I'm like, yeah, not so good today. And they're like, what? What do you mean? And and, and then I, I don't mind explaining. I'm fine. So like now when I talk about it, uh, you know, right now I'm going through another stressful situation. But I, so one one of my friends was asking me, they go, how do you feel? I go, dead man walking. And they go, whoa, what does that mean? I'm like, I'm fine. You know, I go, uh, I'm in the process of transitioning out of corporate America. So I just need to some things to go in, in a line. But all the decisions have been made, but you're still there, right? You're still going through the processes. I go, no, I'm fine. Nobody has to worry. Like even so one of my friends is like, just stop talking about it. I'm like, no, no, I'm going to tell you. I'll let you, if I say I'm not okay, that's when you need to kind of raise your flags and, and figure everything out. And that's what we all need to do is really find who our core people are. Uh, you know, so when I was trying to kill myself, 
one of my friends, uh, you know, he was friendly with me, and I, I didn't know how much I, I, I meant to him in his life. He had heard, he thought, well, he definitely heard that I was in Philadelphia, which was not true. He says, I'm on my way. Just stay where you are in Philadelphia. I go, don't go to Philadelphia. I am nowhere near Philadelphia. You know, I, I live in New York. I was in New, in and around New York, but I was not in Philadelphia. But somebody who's going to get on a car, get in a car and drive two hours to not know what they're get, walking into, that's a person that you really care about. It is. And I, I have a question. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm going to ask, I'm going to make a statement. I guess I want you to react to it <clears throat> because you've talked about we go through motions and we do things for other people and we say we love them, but we're neglecting ourselves. <clears throat> I'm going to make a statement that says you can't love anyone else, even if you're going through the motions, more than you love yourself. And I believe that's true. I'm not asking you to believe it. But I want you to react to that idea. And the reason I'm saying it is to agree with you about how critical, it's not a nice to have, how important it is to love yourself. Do you think that's true or do you think that's crazy? I think it's true. I I didn't understand it. If you would have asked me four years ago, I would have been like, what are you talking about? You can love and and I wouldn't have really understood the question. Now I understand it. I, I use the word love much more sparingly so you know i really like pizza but uh and i like pineapples on my pizza and we can have conversations about that but the love when i tell you i love you i don't just say it just because it's a cool thing to say you know if i love you then there's something within you that i see within myself and i want to make sure that you're acknowledged so i don't mind there's a lot of time since that I tell people I love you and they're just, yeah, I, I love you too. I'm like, no, no, you don't have to say it back to me. So like, uh, you know, um, I, I beat around the bush sometimes, but uh, so I got divorced from that incident, you know, incident. And um, I still love that woman. Uh, you know, I, I, I still love her children. I still love all those things. And that means I would run through fire for them. I'm not asking for that love to be returned to me. It, it, you know, they can receive it or not receive it. Uh, every now and then I'll send something to them and I don't expect an answer. So that to me is what love is, is, you know, with my children, I tell them all the time, if I don't hear from them, they're out of college. Hey, I love you. I'm not asking for it in return. I just know that there's so much within me to give and to truly love. So are we giving something? So like we're, we're going into the holiday season. You know, are you giving a gift because it's you're seeing what you get in, in return and going to be upset or can you give a gift and spend a million dollars if you have a million dollars and not get anything in return and still be equally as happy. And that's what I think is love. I think that's the the part that I didn't always understand. I wasn't always looking for anything in return because I didn't think I, I was worthy of it. Now I don't really care if I get anything in return because I know I've given love a piece of me to whoever I give it to. I want I want to tie a couple things that you've said together and, and get you to talk a little bit more about this. You and I and every single person is a is a very intentional divine creation. Mm-hmm. What do you think you said something about not being worth it? 
you know, for someone to give something to you, emotionally love you and that kind of thing. And that's certainly something I struggled a lot with. What do you think causes us to stray so far away from the fundamental truth that as a divine being, there is no number you can put. Your value is infinite. Even if you screwed up, even if you've attempted suicide, even if you've been a drug addict, even if you've been married and divorced, even if you were a butthead and did dumb things, your value can't, you know, you're, you're valued. It matters. And yes, you might need to change some behavior, but you're still valuable and important. Why is it so hard, do you think, for us to understand that because when you said that it's certainly something that's resonated with me when people ask me what's my drug of choice i used to name a drug but what it really was was i needed to hate myself right that was my drug of choice for so long why do you think we do that oh i think we do it is part of our limiting beliefs you know we all have limiting beliefs you know the i can't the the and sometimes it's because people said hey dave you're you're not good dave you can't do that what are you thinking of? It, it, it could be a, mon- a bunch of reasons why we don't love ourselves. Uh, you know, it could be because we did something bad. You know, you know, <laughs> excuse me. The, you know, at the beginning, right after my suicide attempt, you know, being divorced, being separated and, and still loving these people uh, who are no longer in my lives and no, no longer wanting to be in my lives was really overwhelming. And, there's, there's that part of it is saying they didn't understand, which is, is, could be true, but they also are receiving it. And they're, from their perspective, they're feeling it differently. And that's sometimes where our, our, our emotions and what does society tell us? And that's sometimes our biggest challenges is what does society tell us? So because you know, society tells you this is what you should do. This is how you should do it. And Sometimes it doesn't work out that way. Sometimes we need something else. We need that candy bar. We just had Halloween. How many people have taken a candy bar when you know it's not good for you? You're going to take a candy bar because it made you feel good. So not even substances. You know, I've been a recovery coach. I, I, I've assisted those uh, through the recovery process. Mm-hmm. There's so many. Di- and recovery is, is so different for each one of us. And so it all goes back to why we might not think or what blinders we have at that time to not see what, what we need to see. I want to I make sure we provide some concrete, specific value that comes from what you do and the beautiful things that you do to help. So if I, if I come to you and we're in a conversation and I express that real not being glib, a real doubt about myself. I'm just not worth it. I've made too many mistakes. I can't fix it. I can't do this. And I'm not necessarily contemplating suicide, but I'm just unable to see my value. And the best that I can conceive is that I just sort of limp along in life and do whatever sort of mediocrity until my time's up. Where do you start? Give me some things that you would start someone with to start exploring a possible state change. Well, this that's exactly right. The state change. So we, we would we would just have a quick discussion. Again, I'm not a therapist, so you know I, I try to make sure I stay within my line, uh, my lane, and but we try to figure out what is it that you feel is holding you back. And sometimes people can't see. That's 
why we need other people to interact with us. Though we don't always know what reactions we know what it feels like, we know what it tastes like and what it sounds like, but we don't know the path. So when I talk about being on the path, it's everybody has that personal attitudes towards happiness, which is what my mentoring practice is called is on the path. And to do that is everybody needs a guide through that path, finding what obstacles that have been in your life, finding those weeds and how we can kind of weed the garden again, you know, clean up the garden and whatever that means for you. You know, I've worked with people on a number of different things, some more serious than others. And by serious, I mean, you know, where it's a life changing. And then there's other people who open up their lives because they're looking to up-level their life. So I've worked with, you know, individuals. In fact, there was one story that I'm allowed to share uh, of this woman who called me up three weeks before she had this international flight. She goes, I can't get near the airport. Even driving past the airport in Florida, panic. <laughs> I have panic attacks. Can you help me? Sure. Uh, of course I can help you. How are you so sure? I go, I know what I could do and let's go, let's have a conversation. And we were able to work in a situation to overcome her fear. And the great part of the story, so she gets on the first flight from uh, Fort Lauderdale to New York. She goes, it was great. I'm having a great time. I'm feeling confident. And then it was going to be a 10 hour flight. So 10 hours on a plane. And I showed her resources and I enjoy making sure that when you work with me, I give you your resources. I don't say, no, you have to call me and it's all my work. It's all your work that you get to do. I just get to guide you through those that process. And as I'm guiding her, she gets to her, her location. They lost her bags. Oh, wow. So she calls me panicked and she goes, Uncle Dave. There's a lot of my clients will call me Uncle Dave. It's a nickname. I can tell you a little bit of a story about that. And what do we do? I go, well, we don't do anything. I go, you do. What are you going to do? We, we, we calmed her down and she was mostly okay when I called her anyway. I said, you're going shopping. What do you mean? I go, you're going shopping. I go, you have no clothes. I go, either you get to travel around this country for the next 10 days in the same pair of clothes so your clothes catch up with you, or you go shopping. I go, just go for it. Have a good time. And it was one of the best trips, not only because now she's able to fly, and as she says, I opened the world up to her, but she really opened the world up for for herself and all those that she's going to impact. That's fabulous, and thank you for that. You've talked a couple of different times about helping people find or identify their resources. Can you talk a little bit about what those resources are? And I realize people have different things, but what categories of resources are there that we have that we're either blind to because of blind spots or we don't understand? Where do we go looking for those? Well, I think you go <laughs> looking for them is by finding somebody who you can talk to, a, a safe space. And having that, that, that safe space, and it could be originally even in your own house. It could be a partner that you're, you're, you're staying with, and hopefully you can have that safe space. It depends on what resources. We all have different resources. What are the times in our lives that have made us happy? When are we going to go out of our comfort zone and something different? You know, there's people who jump out of airplanes because they just enjoy the, the freedom of that. So that could be a resource for you. People like fishing. Walking is a, is a very good resource. There are some, my photography, so I give the picture 
behind me. That's a picture I took. So it, it, it's in Yosemite. So it really depends on what you like to do. So, you know, when I talk about hiking in, in, in Yosemite, some people really love it and some people really don't love it. I, I went on that trip with a, one, of, one of my best friends and I'd love to tell the story about it is he was not physically fit. He, since we were in our 20s, he was not physically fit. But we said, well, come on, we're going to do a two-mile walk. We hadn't looked at all the ideas of it. And we were walking up Nevada Falls. If anybody knows that in Yosemite, it's a two-and-a-half-mile two walk. No big deal, right? That's what we thought. We never looked at the elevation. And, right, the elevation change, right? Yeah, the elevation change is a 2,000-foot drop. But where I'm going with this is I'm like, okay, I don't really care. At that time, I was definitely in much better shape than I am now. But I'm like, all right, we're just going to go. And he came, and I saw he was struggling. It, it definitely took us longer to walk that two-and-a-half-mile hike that we, we thought. And I, at one point, I said, I said to him, Kev, it's just you and me. I'm going to go up to the top, take some pictures. I'm going to say you got to the top. And it was one of the few times in his life that he says, no, I'm going to do it. I, and, and where I'm going with this is you don't know where we want to make those stands in our lives that make so proud. Now, Kevin got up to the top of that uh, Nevada Hills. We walked up past the Vernal Falls. And anytime we mentioned that hike, the pride, the pride, the pride that he had within himself, that was it just changed his state. So sometimes it's we just need to accomplish something. And when we do that, it will remain with us for our life. You know, until he passed away unexpectedly, anytime I mentioned it, that just brought joy to his because he knew he overcome something that I didn't think he could do. And I'm sure he didn't think he could do because he was a few minutes of real struggle at times. But that's really why we look for our resources. We never know when our resources are going to come up or when something's going to challenge us so bad, even like my own suicide attempt. I didn't know that those challenges were going to be so rough for me, but I'm so glad since that moment and the successes I've had since my healing through, through that process. So as we, as we wind down here, I want to make sure you give uh, us places like people are going to hear this and they're going to want to know more about you. They're going to want to find you on maybe social, maybe your website. So how do people get a hold of you? How do people contact you, find you, follow you, the names of your books? Tell me, tell me that so that people can have that opportunity. Yeah, well, so it's really easy. I have a unique uh, name, uh, David Shemetsky. Uh, so that's one way, one great way to find me. That's how I am on all of my social media, you know, all the uh, Facebooks, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn. Uh, I think it's under David Shemetsky, uh, David Shemetsky also under TikTok, which I have a couple of TikTok videos. Check out my podcast, Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat. I love that name, by the way. Peace, love, and bring a bat. But anyway, you keep going. Smile. I, you know, I, that's why I always ask people: when you think of it, can you at least smile about it? And it's <laughs> not about baseball. It's really about bringing an awesome thought, being authentic today, and that's really what I am. I mean, that's why when you see my green shirt, green glasses, it's really about who I am. That's that Uncle Dave piece. It's I show up as Uncle Dave. I chunk. I show up as Dave. You're gonna either like me or not like me, and that's okay. That's a personal choice, but I've shown up as myself 
And because I've shown up as myself, I know I'm happy. And to me, that's just as important as long as I'm not doing any damage or danger to somebody else. Thank you. And I love that. I just, you said it at the beginning, you've said it again at the end, and I want to say it again to emphasize it. Any person, you, me, or anyone who's listening to this, the most good you can do in the world is to to be who you are, to be authentic, to be real. And if in doing that, you discover some things you want to change, okay, no harm, no foul. Make, do the work, get some help, make some changes. But living in the truth of who you are and being okay with that as you enjoy the adventure of life is so important. Dave, yeah, I want to thank you. I want to say just one more thing I'd, I'd love to add do something that sometimes you never think you never know what's going to happen and by that I, in March I wrote a book called Redemption and I just put it out there it was just me going through a bunch of stuff and it was my first attempt at fiction the great story that I go behind that is all of a sudden people were buying it and it became number one Amazon bestseller without me trying to get all my friends in it. It was just me to, an idea of me putting out a story. It was number one in, in two different countries in the world. So make sure you get your message by being authentic and you never know what's going to happen. You know, you, the, the, the times that you push for something, it might not happen. And then it's going to happen when you're least looking for it. But keep looking for it. I love that. And thank you for sharing that. Dave, thank you. And I'm proud of you. Wow. A fiction book. I've never written any fiction. So anyway, bless your heart, and thank you for sharing your heart, your story, your encouragement, and your presence with us today. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I really enjoyed meeting you when we did and continue our conversations. So thank you, and I want to encourage you guys to listen here a couple of times, more than a couple of times. Go through and take some notes. Where are you authentic? Where are you not authentic? Where do you want to make some changes? Where can you find your resources so you can? Change what you want to, live like you want to, make the difference you want to, because those are the elements of creating your ultimate life. Open your heart in this time around. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope that you take it deeply into your heart and decide for yourself how you can create anything you desire. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback and topic suggestions. Until tomorrow, this is Your Ultimate Life with host Kellen Flukiger. Stand with your heart.